You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We're back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mead. Sean, how is it going? I'm good. I'm a little annoyed by something I just realised, literally as you were doing the intro. Please. So, here's the thing. You get all of the intro music. On this show. Yeah. In that, like, when, when you intro the show, the the literally, the fade for the intro music is right when you finish speaking. That's when it's zero. And so I never get to talk over music except for <laughs> once every two weeks on Hero or Zero. And I just want it known that I have a harder job because music hides a lot of shit intros. Um, if this is your first episode, um, I'm sure it'll be all to your last. But um, if this is your first introduction to the show, normally I do this by myself. This week I have what? sadly what? invited a man no. who is crazy and what? just really wants music over his intros. Uh, look. <laughs> what a I weird just... hill to die on. It's, it's not a hill to die on. I just want to know, Connor. Right, okay. So you're saying your job is harder than mine. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now please, read to me all of the news you researched this week. <laughs> Sean, what the fuck are we talking about then? I'm going to sit back, arms folded, let's see what you have. Uh, uh, look, I have wild accusations. That's something I have in spades. <laughs> and another thing! We have another actor to attack! Um, but sadly, Sean, this week we are starting off on a bit of a, on a bit of a down note as we got through the news uh, in the last few days that uh, Sean Connery has passed away, um, obviously most famously known for his performances as James Bond and in the Indiana Jones. Um, lots of people say he is the best Bond, Sean. Are you along that same thought process? He's certainly the Bond I've seen the most of, I think. But and I think there's something about like that particular era that the movies have held up fairly well. Um, 
in terms of they're a little bit timeless, you know, that you can just throw them on, watch them, and they still hold up. So, 90 years old, I think he was when he passed away. He was away. 90, yes, yeah. Yeah, and, like... And all I think of when I think of Sean Connery is like, obviously, obviously the accent, but karate chops and being drunk. They're the only two things I think. The the judo chop while holding a martini in the other hand and he doesn't spill a drop. Not at all. She's a professional spy, Connor. (laughs) (laughs) All these guys, all the goons used to always walk around and he just judo chops them right in that little bit in between the neck and the shoulder. You know that nerve that kills someone for some reason. We don't know why. It just does. Is is that a kill or is it like a... Isn't that like a Star Trek thing? Like the Vulcan... Sleep grip or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, no, I think in James Bond's universe that's a straight kill. Or oh, that's or maim. That maims a few body that parts. Maims I right? Okay, it's like it's, the detonator it's for your central nervous system. <laughs> yeah. no, I I think uh, Sean Connery is probably he will go down as a lot of people say he's the best Bond, and I can completely see that because a lot of the other Bonds are either I don't know a bit a bit Pierce Brosnan-y or a bit weird, and he just has that, he just has that sleek charm in that role, and I think he comes across really well. He's also, obviously, in Indiana Jones, which I think he worked very well um, with Harrison Ford in those movies. But yeah, I think I that's think, my first exposure to him in a, in a movie, was watching the Indiana Jones movies as a kid. Yeah, and I think he added a bit of um, bit of star power to those movies. So Harrison Ford had done Star Wars, and you have this like big lead role, and then beside him you also have like Sean Connery, who in 1983 or four, whenever the first Indiana Jones movie came out, the two of them would have been serious box office together. Yeah, like that was a that was a tag team duo for the ages. Um. And, like, he's had a whole career as well. It's not just those two movies. He's a lot of, like, even smaller stuff. Um, he was in Darby O'Gill and The Little People, which is a very Irish movie. That was just, he, won, we- he won his only Oscar in, I think it was 1988. He did um, The Untouchables with De Niro and Kevin Costner. Yeah. And uh, he won an Oscar for that. So he did, He does have an Oscar for his acting ability. So he isn't just James Bond and Indiana Jones. He's obviously had a, a massive career. He retired I th- 17 years ago, I think it was. And that is because of the disastrous production of the greatest movie ever, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. LXG. <laughs> what is your favourite part of that movie, Sean? Oh, the CGI for sure. Mm. I like the bit with the Mini Cooper driving around. Or there's a car chase at like the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> Where are all the other cars? There's no drama. There's, there's no need to. They have a car chase, Con. Yeah, the Fast and the Furious did a whole franchise around that. And, and that movie was so, like, critically panned that I think he very much stepped away from that world and, like, the limelight. And so he has quietly, like, retired from that point. So 17 years ago, 2003 was probably the last time we seen it in a major production. And fair enough, he, he had probably... What age is he then? 70, he's um, 73. So, I mean, that's still a fair innings just as an actor and performer on stage or in movies. Yeah, and he worked from, like, you know, from he was in his 20s or 30s, like, and he just acted the whole way through. 
Yeah, so sadly we have lost uh, one of probably probably the most famous actors in a weird like you you recognize that voice. Like it's the most recognizable voice or the shake and not stirred is always said in his accent. Oh yeah, like he's the impression that people do when they're doing James yeah. Bond. Yeah. Um and so we are moving on, Sean. We obviously had to start off with that sad news, but we also do have very pointless movie news that we get to talk about as well. <laughs> as always, <laughs> the random stuff that doesn't really matter. And this week we are starting with one of our favourite directors, Mr. James Gunn. And that oh, is... I thought this was going to be a story that you said favourite directors and then immediately misled me with David Ayer or someone no, like that. No, 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 no. Uh, when have I ever misled you on an intro to a story other than all of those other times? Uh, play the clips. <laughs> this is 47 hours later. I'm glad you're joining us back. <laughs> I'm glad you're back on the show. Um, Imagine someone just sat through every single time I misled you. That's from episode one. I think that's every episode. At least one story is me going, Sean, I think you're going to like this one. I'm (laughs) fairly sure you could chart the point where I stopped (laughs) believing you. (laughs) Um, I, I liked when we were in the same room together. I got to watch the hope die in your eyes. As the sentence went on. Every week. It was like a puppy. It was like, Sean, I think you're going to like this one. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Fuck. Oh. (laughs) Um, So James Gunn. uh, Obviously, there's been a lot of talk with him doing the Suicide Squad. But why he's on that movie is uh, he was famously fired, of course, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. By Disney back in 2018. That seems like a long time ago. But he was rehired. Simpler times. He was rehired less than 12 months later. He was, of course, let go because of a lot of old tweets. People had gone back and checked his old tweets and they'd found some jokes that were not very funny. And they were like, he's a dickhead. And so Marvel got rid of him and Disney got rid of him. And in the meantime, DC and Warner Brothers came in and offered him a chance to work with them immediately because they were hot off the heels of Justice League. And they realised, well, we've done God and fucked this one up. And <laughs> we fucked up our most successful property. <laughs> and, and this man has made Guardians of the Galaxy a success. Maybe we should sign the free agent that he is. And so he was brought into DC. But this week we actually learned that James Gunn agreed to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 just 24 hours after agreeing to do The Suicide Squad. Which, to me, what? tells me that Marvel immediately found out that he had gone over to DC and were like, we'll let you do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 straight away. And it's only coming out this week, which is why we're talking about it. I just think it's a very interesting concept. Yeah, now this was thrown around kind of when the news broke that um, James Gunn was let go from Disney. We probably even on the podcast when we discussed it said, oh, is this just a PR move and do they Mm. want him back? And this kind of makes me think it was half and half. But then once DC got him, they definitely uh, wanted him back. Like it wasn't just for the fans this was oh we can't we can't let the other company succeed well i i think if you're going to put it in sporting terms like they have one of their best players and they've said okay you're released from your contract 
and then he's going to join their biggest rivals, and then they were like, you know what, maybe we'll uh, hire him again. Maybe offer him a different contract, just in case. Yeah, now there was a length of time there where, like, if you if you had asked a representative of Disney or Marvel, they would have said, oh no, James Gunn isn't coming back. Mm. And it took a while before it was announced that James Gunn was coming back into the fold to do Guardians it took 3. A, it took a lot of Dave Batista angry tweets. And look, we're thankful for them. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lovely man. He was like, I ain't doing fucking shit until they hire James Gunn back. Yeah, so... But you're saying it was the day after he was hired for Suicide Squad the, that they The day him. after, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, he told us this in a tweet. Um, it was obviously not a good time after he got fired, but it, he says it all worked out in the end. He said it was a happy ending, but it was also scary because I actually got the call from Alan Horn, who works for Marvel and Disney, um, her long before it was announced. It happened literally the day after I agreed to do su- the Suicide Squad. And after the, getting the call from Disney's Alan Horn, James Gunn started to panic for a moment, li- realising that, like, he had to do this DC movies that he's agreed to, and now Marvel are like, we also want you back. And he d- he's in that, stuck in that moment where, am I allowed work for the boat at the same time? Um, and so immediately, Alan Horn put him straight through to the big man, Kevin Feige, to fill him <laughs> in. And you, Kevin Feige's first question is so good, because when he called Feige to discuss his DC deal, the Marvel boss immediately asked, is it Superman? <laughs> Oh, what if it was, though? <laughs> Straight to the fucking point. <laughs> Do they have you as Superman or Batman? If not, we can get you back. Yeah, if that's the case, good luck to you. <laughs> mm. um, and interestingly, James Gunn said that was a possibility, that he could have had Superman. Really? Yes. That's That would be an interesting... Um, contrast between you know the man of steel batman v superman superman that we've seen and what james Gun- what i imagine james gunn thinks superman should be even sadder even a sadder you superman you would go sadder no. would you <laughs> i'd go sadder i was looking at bvs and i was thinking he has too many lines i want more henry cavill but more depressed i want them just just eating noodles in his pajamas four o'clock in the day he doesn't want to go anywhere like curtains drawn kind of thing. Jesus, at me next time, Connor. <laughs> All I'm saying, I've been there myself, Sean. And that's why I realise that when I see it on screen, I'm like, he's walking around trying to still save people. Fuck that. Sadder. I want them crying at every scene. You, <laughs> you have sleep for dinner. That is what you do. He's up until five on Twitter, and then he, sleep, he sleeps in until three, and we just have a sleepy Henry Cavill, like, waking up with Lois Lane is, like, coming in from the office. Like, come on, Clark. Okay. I, I guess you're sad, but come on. I mean, yeah, I don't realise, but I know the world hates you, but you got to just get up and do it. Come on! Just that classic... Just those classic lines that really get us all pumped up. But, um... Yeah, I just... Seeing James... Thinking of James Gunn directing Superman sounds like a really interesting concept, but I think the Suicide Squad suits him better. Yeah, and maybe it's the ensemble thing that, you know, get a a ragtag bunch of misfits together. 
mm. and a good director at the helm and you have one of the biggest movies of the summer. Um, and actually, he did. the director did go on to state that Kevin Feige was very supportive about his new venture and noted that he said, please just make a good movie. Actually, make a great movie. Kevin Feige oh, said to him, that's, which t- that's, a, that's classic Feige. <laughs> I think that's classic. Doesn't matter what you make, we're gonna kill him. <laughs> it's fine. We got Endgame coming out next year, kid. <laughs> and then we have this whole <laughs> pandemic thing planned where no one makes any movies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Kevin Feige's evil overlord we all fear? I don't think anyone fears him, but I do believe he's some form of overlord. Yeah. And I, for one, welcome him. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just going to turn into Mickey Mouse. Oh, God. The ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kevin Feige apparently was very much involved with James Gunn from the start. I think the two of them probably got on very well. But it is just interesting. That news came out this week that... James Gunn, we thought there was like this big battle going on behind the scenes, but he got hired for Su- Suicide Squad the day after Marvel were like, we'll bring you back. And I think he's the only one that's gone, that that's cross-channels, other than Joss Whedon. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, now, some actors have, um, like Sean Gunn, for example... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And uh, now, now he has. But I think thinking of the Suicide Squad, I don't think the Suicide Squad gets made unless James Gunn is there. No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone had faith in that property after mm. Suicide Squad, the original Suicide Squad. That's what. That's the full name. It's the full name of it. What yeah. if uh, James Gunn? He got the call from Marvel and he just pretended like he wasn't working for DC. And he had to just keep up this act that he was out of a job for ages. And, oh my God, it becomes a thing where he has to go on like a double date, but he's meeting both producers. The same oh. restaurant. Oh, why Why would he schedule it for the same restaurant? At the same time. It's just a bit of a hijink. And he's running back and forth. He's getting all sweaty at the table. And for some reason, on one of the dinners, he's dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. He's like, this is just adding a whole other level of difficulty. James, are you okay? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like trying to do his best Robin Williams impression for no reason. Like, James, just... we know it's you. It's unemployment hitting hard, man. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is a small piece of news that I've just thrown in because I read the headline and I know your brain will go immediately to the same place mine did. So here we are. Of course, Kate Winslet is doing Avatar 2 at the minute. And we're all excited about that. But this is not news about Avatar 2. This is about news about Kate Winslet and her soon-to-be, I can only assume, mysterious death. Because Kate Winslet... Beats Tom Cruise's underwater record while filming Avatar 2. Oh, Tom won't be happy. <laughs> I read that headline. This isn't even news. This is just great. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on Kate Winslet beating Tom Cruise's underwater holding your breath record while filming Avatar 2? Like, he's just going to drown himself. Is the only like recourse left to him. <laughs> he's gone to space, but he's going to be like, I'm going to go to space and then I'm going to follow James Cameron to the centre of the earth and we're just going to swim down. 
Yeah, he's gonna like go down in James Cameron's submarine and just crack a window. Yeah, I just he's gonna I'll show you Kate Winslet <laughs> And he just stays perfectly still, hands on his lap, as the water slowly, slowly rises up. And J- James is panicking around him, <laughs> trying to get the window closed. And so yeah, like James reaches for the controls to pull him back up to the surface and yeah. Tom just grabs his hand, looks at him and shakes his head. <laughs> Have you heard of Winslet? I'm taking her down a peg. The whole time he's just ranting about Winslet. <laughs> just like, how fucking dare she? Doesn't she know I break my bones? My bones, James. <laughs> James, look at my bones. Look, And he pulls off a glove and his hand is a skeleton. No, he pulls up his arm and it's just rubber. I've got no bones left, James. It's flopping all over the place. I've removed them all. It's like that scene from Harry Potter 2. <laughs> um, so they asked Kate about it and she said, I had to learn how to free dive and play that role in Avatar. And that was just incredible. I was walking on the bottom of the tank. That's a big ceremonial sequence with those huge heavy wings. It was quite scary. The thing is, when you hold your breath for seven minutes... Uh, you, beco- you become unafraid. Actually, strangely, I was able to rely on my own ability to hold my breath for that long. Somehow I was not afraid at all. I think that's what will annoy him more. That she held her breath for seven minutes and broke his record and has now come out and said, I wasn't afraid at all. Because if there's one thing we know about Tomity cruise ship, he feels no fear. The lizard man has no fear. So he might... Go further than any of us would ever expect. He's holding his bread for nine minutes in the next Mission Impossible. I think that's a guarantee. Oh, they're going to, like, the, the entire Mission Impossible is going to be set underwater. <laughs> it's Aquaman 4. Y- yeah. And, like, it's not even going to be him. He's going to make his entire crew do it. All the cast. He's going to mm. finance the development of waterproof 4K cameras. Sometimes, sometimes news comes up, and I think it only interests me and you. But I think that headline, and I knew your brain would immediately go, "Oh, Tom's not gonna be happy." <laughs> Tom, Tom's, Tom's in the mood for killing. <laughs> His record was over six minutes. She went seven minutes, over seven minutes. So, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time before either Kate Winslet mysteriously disappears. Or Tom Cruise holds his breath for 45 minutes of his next movie. But the thing about this is, surely there's going to, like, it's going to peak, and then someone will have held their breath for the longest a human can hold their breath. Tom Cruise. I don't think think you want to get into... I don't think you want to get into a measuring contest with Tom Cruise. Uh, Verticality, I would. Okay, even then... But, I, I agree, but, but he, you're playing chicken with Tom Cruise at any given moment. Who are you backing? Tom isn't pulling out with that. Tr- the, the old, his car is driving straight through yours. Is that the way we settle it? We just, we, we do a big game of chicken with Tom Cruise's rivals and Tom Cruise. <laughs> and just see who, pe- what you do. He loves flying planes, right? So yeah. you get him in a fighter jet and you just, you get a trained pilot. You point them both at the ground. <laughs> and then they go full pelt yeah. and they have to pull up and whoever pulls up closest to the ground is the winner but I think Kate Winslet is a lovely lady and why this is funny is she probably like couldn't give less of a shit <laughs> Just, oh she doesn't know how much danger she's in <laughs> no, 
she's walking into this willy-nilly, bright-eyed, thinking, wow, I just broke a record. Who did I be? Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's a funny little anecdote to tell my kids, who I will mysteriously never see again after Tommy gets a hold of me. Oh, like, in my head, Tom Cruise pushes the button to go into the cruise cave, and he's already had, like, training dummies with Kate Winslet's face made up. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Tom Cruise in our minds. He's just... <laughs> he's a monster. He's, he's just a monstrous maniac. <laughs> and then you see him on TV and he's so smiley. He's just the happiest man. Um, so, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, Sean. And this involves our favourite actor on the planet. I think definitely yours. And that oh. is Mr. Michael B. Jordan. Ah, See, of course. I haven't, yeah. I haven't tricked you this week. I'm being nice. He's, now I'm waiting for the trick, though. <laughs> the it's tr- coming. <laughs> These intros have all been completely factual. Your favourite actor in the world, Mr. Michael B. Jordan, is reportedly set to star and direct Creed Tree. Sean, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, th- th- why, why, why wouldn't you do that? He's fantastic in Creed One and Two. And True. presumably by this point knows the character well enough to direct him. I thought Michael B. Jordan, I thought he'd perfected acting. Now he's moved on to writing. He's writing this and directing. Oh, he's just actually, go- he's going to get 100% on filmmaking. It's just what he's <laughs> like. He's going to complete it. <laughs> complete it, mate. Filmmaking. Complete it. Complete it, mate. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so obviously he was in Creed 1 and 2, both very good movies, and Sylvester Stallone, of course, has the history of being involved with Rocky, and he wrote and directed the movie himself, and starred in the movie, so it would carry on a a weird tradition in that universe, that the lead role also directs the movie for some reason, Um, and I just, I like the idea that Michael B. Jordan... I just said, he knows that character better than anyone. And those movies are very good. Like, those movies are not bad. He is, a, he is very, very good in that role. And so anything more in this universe uh, can only be welcomed. But does this not slightly maybe give off the impression that they were like, oh, we don't want to do a third one. And he's like, oh, I'll direct it myself to save money, maybe? Is that a possibility? I don't know. I think he's like... I think he's established enough that you put his face on a poster, people will see it. And mm. especially, like, you know, Cre- you know, Creed and Rocky movies, they're kind of, you know, they're the same universe, uh, different characters, but I think they have the same fan base and they're quite a loyal fan base. Mm. I don't think they were ever not going to make a Creed 3, if you get me. Especially because they haven't dropped the ball yet. Like, if the movies are good, why stop doing them? Exactly, yeah. And, like, now you can do a lot of homages to Rocky Three. If this movie yep. doesn't end on a freeze frame... Just punch in the air. Not like the... You know the one... Rocky Three is where they go to punch each other and you, you don't find oh, out who yes. won. yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was yeah. thinking more 80s. When you said punch in the air, freeze frame, I was thinking, like, Breakfast Club. <laughs> like, Yes! <laughs> You know what? I, I'll allow that as well. If Michael B. Jordan was in see- Breakfast Club. <laughs> oh, I'd watch that. We have a long history of casting Michael B. Jordan in all roles for this show. 
And that history continues and yeah. will continue until he's in all roles. I, I think it's going to be his first directing gig, but like he has spent his entire life working with some of the greatest filmmakers uh, like for the last few years. So working with those people, you have to pick up some notes. I think it will be a lot. I think it's going to be very stressful to direct and star in the film because... If he has to, he's going to be on that press tour and be like, how did you get so ripped? But I know that question is like so cliche at this point. But the idea that he will have to do like a six-month gym uh, workout routine while also trying to plan his next fucking shot for the next day. (laughs) Getting that right. Yeah. Now, I think he will bring a different like vision to it. Vision might be the wrong word there, but maybe a different attitude to the directing um, mm. because he, uh, him being you know training as a boxer for these movies he might have like insight that a, you know a stand not even standard Hollywood director but just that a you know a director who's just directing a movie they wouldn't have the same insight as him and I think it is it is good because in Creed 2, like, that is a beautiful end to the Rocky story. Like, Creed 2 is, like, the end of, say, Stallone. So it's tr- Creed 3 can come out of Stallone's shadow a little bit and just be fully Creed. Yeah, and maybe this starts, like... Now, you know, it's weird to say Creed is the new Rocky because that's literally what it is. And but bring it's... back Hulk Hogan! <laughs> Do we want to bring back Hulk Hogan? No! No, we don't! <laughs> we don't! I would like to see Michael B. Jordan beat up Hulk Hogan, but not in an acting sense. No, 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 no. Just in real <laughs> just life. Because he's re- just because he's real racist, I think. He's a real awful man. Bring back Ric Flair. <laughs> bring back Big Rick! <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's a bit racist as well. <laughs> Ah, look, don't put that on the man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is involving news that we covered last week. That was that the Power Rangers movie will be coming out in the next few years, or a Power Rangers universe. Yeah. And the news I have this week is that they have found a writer for the TV show, or for the movie, the new Power Rangers movie. And I thought you'd be excited to know who this writer is and where they're coming from. What big production are they stepping off of? <laughs> what are you to doing step, to me, Connor? To are step you... into this amazing role Stop of it. this. Because we have the new Power Rangers movie brings in Titans TV show writer. <laughs> <sighs> he did it. He yes! finally did it. Okay, the worst yes! is over. It, we've lived through it. It's fine. But also, this is shit news. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Zordon. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Zordon. And it's all five of them saying it in unison. (laughs) And it's all of us going to be a blue fucking filter. Oh, like, it's instead of it's morphin' time and they all hold out, Mm. it's just going to be fuck Zordon. Fuck Zordon. And then, and Batman will still be there, played by Ian Glenn. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Ian Glade will be playing the Red Ranger, the teenager with attitude. Oh my god. Do you think he has attitude at this point? I, I think Ian Glade, I mean a fabulous actor, but terribly miscast as Batman in that Titans TV show. 
really <laughs> poorly cast. No, but all the rest of the casting is great. I think some of the casting is good. I mean, but there's no point in having Nightwing be 26 and Batman be 55. Oh, they're decades apart, Connor. Ah, yeah. So according to a new report... (laughs) Literal decades. According to a new report, Brian Edward Hill will write the Power Rangers reboot. Hill is known for his work on Titans, which is currently filming its third season, Sean. I know you'll be excited to hear that. So... Why I'm bringing this in is, Sean, with this new movie, are we going to have teenage drama? Are we going to have angst? Are we going to have maybe a bit of miscommunication that could be completely solved with a post-it note, but instead ends up being a 45-minute plot point in the movie? All of these are possible (laughs) options. What I think it's going to be is nothing. I think what? it's going to be I think it's going to be exactly the same as the first Power Rangers no, sorry not the first Power Rangers movie the Mighty the Morphin first. Power Rangers review, reviewed on our Patreon last month might be slightly better than that movie ah oh, uh, come on but compared to you know the Power Rangers reboot we got but a few years ago now, I think it's going I to be will, on par a lot of people will say Titans is a good show Sean what are your what are your thoughts on that I I don't think that the writing is its strong suit. No. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think it's perfectly serviceable as a TV show. I wouldn't even give it that. Well, oh. see, season one is like... I can't remember how many episodes are in season one. It might be ten. Might be ten. And yeah. I would say seven of them are not good. But three yes. of them are excellent. So, you just kind of have to be like, well, there's going to be a good one every third episode or so. Yeah, and that doesn't apply to movies, though. Like, every few scenes can't be superb, and then the rest of them be dog shit. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see what they do with this. Like, a lot of the problems, as you said, I don't think the writing was Titan's strongest uh, point, um, I think some of the ca- a- a- actors cast are very good in that role, and they're like obviously they got Brendan Twaits who plays Dick Grayson. I think he's very good. He's just very sad all the time, yeah. and he's so angry yeah. constantly. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which everyone knows is the biggest characteristic of Dick Grayson is to be sad. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, see, uh, comics do this weird thing where they make him happy. I don't understand that. No, I don't get it, because Titans taught me he's sad. He's sad, he's always in night time. <laughs> he's always in night time, and it's very blue. Um, so the girl who plays Raven, I think, is quite good. Um, and so I think they, that's kind of driven by performances, and obviously the guy who plays um, uh, Jason Todd is amazing as a little dickhead. Oh, he's a prick. But, I hate yeah, him so a, much. He's, He's a little prick, but that's exactly what he's meant to be doing. His face is perfect for just be a little prick. Oh, he's going to punch that child. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I think the writing is what let it down. So I'm sad to see this because Power Rangers does have a big uh, piece of my heart. So I think this man is one by one going around to the things that I like. So he's already taken down Nightwing. So now he's coming for the Power Rangers, Sean. I think there's going to be nothing left. Next full Batman movie. This man's cast in the full Batman movie. Oh my god. He reshoots uh, Matt Reeves as the Batman by himself with his iPhone. <laughs> I've written some new scenes, Robert. 
Come here. <laughs> no, Robert. Ro- Robert, come back. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, Robert. Um, yeah, just so you know that that's coming. That uh, this new move Power Rangers movie that I was very excited for last week, I've suddenly become less excited for. Um, yeah, so, so you're saying it's coming and there's nothing we can do to stop it, even if we tried. Much like Tados, yes. Um, yeah. So we're moving on to our next piece of news. Speaking of Tados, Sean, because Whoa. I have... Um, this isn't really news, more so chat from Letitia Wright, who uh, is, of course, starring in Black Panther. Um, she's one of the best performers in, performers in that movie. And she has come out and said that sh- her Shuri as who who she plays, could be one part of a very all-female Avengers movie that she thinks is very likely to happen. A-Force. A-Force, yes. Excellent, give it to me. Yes. Okay. So, we've so gotten teasers she, of... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, she said, just uh, the exact quote was, I don't think we have to fight for it. Victoria Alfonso is very strong about spearheading it alongside Kevin Feige. So it's only a matter of time before they do it, not if. Okay. V- very. Yeah, so that's just, just some context. Yeah, very definite there. That's great. Now, we have gotten, like, teasers of A-Force in... Um, the likes of Endgame, where we had the big team up on the battlefield. <laughs> that really, that was a good scene, wasn't it? That, I, I thought that scene was good. I, th- I think that was, I think it was a fine scene. It is weird in the battlefield they all ended up in the same spot, but I mean, fuck it, <laughs> let's do it. Well, I mean, there's fucking portals, huh? That's true. <laughs> huh? 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 <laughs> no, I, no, I think all, all those characters are really good. And like yeah. I think they'll they'll work really well together, and all those actresses are also really really good. So throw them into a movie. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and like that could be, you know, and like, no, they probably won't. Like it won't be the build the thing they build to, like you know the way they built to Endgame for twenty three movies or whatever. Mm. Yeah, but I could see this being like Civil War levels of team up movie. Yeah, I could see that because you also have I if they did this movie, I think ScarJo would come back. And if you had ScarJo and you had Brie Larson and you had Letitia Wright, I mean, there's some pretty big names to throw into this movie. Um and I think like there is an audience for this. But Sean, I'm going to ask the one question of this one commenter on YouTube who says, "Girls, why do they need a movie?" So Sean, please answer me this. <laughs> <laughs> this no, it's a very interesting point you raised there. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I was reading the YouTube comment of Sexist Man Four Three Seven. Well, Sexist Man Four Three Seven. First of all, thank you for laying your views out so easily. <laughs> he very. He, you know what? You can say a lot of things about, him, but you can't say he's not succinct. That man will lay it out in bullet points. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> Straight to the, he doesn't beat around the bush, does he? What, like... Look, why not? This mm. is just more... Look, we've got no movies. We've got no movies this year. No, nothing. Wouldn't, and this... You go on. If this came out tomorrow, are you telling me everyone wouldn't go see it? No, I think I think there's I think this movie could be really good. You can tell really good stories with 
like Marvel has created this massive universe that you can create stories with all of these characters and obviously some of them are going to be more likable than others like not many people are you might like the Hulk but you really like Iron Man and that's fair enough but if you have certain characters throw them into a movie let's see what See, some partnerships are obviously going to be better than others, just in terms of team-ups. That's just natural. But let's see what fucking happens. Like, it can only be good if if we've based it off their track record recently. It's not going to be bad. No, exactly. And you've got this much, like, pure acting talent all coming into it. That, like, they're, they're going to believe in this. And... I, I, ju- I just think it's mad to discount it or to say it's unnecessary just because it's an all-female cast. Because mm. how many movies have had an all-male cast and have smashed it? Yeah, I, and I, I think, like, if you have Valkyrie in there as well, like, that's a seriously, like, an unreal team. <laughs> like, it would take, you'd have to have a serious bad badass to come up against them. Yeah, and, like... If you look, they have a good spread of abilities as well. Like you have Valkyrie and Captain Marvel, who are probably like among the strongest there. But then mm. you, you'd have your fighters. Like say you brought back everyone from that Endgame team up we got, you would have um, fighters like uh, Wasp and Gamora. You could tie in She Hulk once that series comes out. Yeah, because you also have that as well, and uh, Miss Marvel is coming out as well. Miss Ma- yeah, Kamala Khan. So like, and and like seeing that interaction between Kamala Khan and someone like Shuri as well, who is like probably the youngest person on that team, and then having someone Sh- even younger than her. Yeah, Shuri would have been youngest, and also Shuri would be the Iron Man. Like she is the braids. Yeah, exactly, and like she could very well have the powers of Black Panther at that point. Oh man, I think this could be really good. If they do it, I think it could be really good. Obviously, it could be bad, but like the tour of the dark world was also shit. So like it's it's up in the air. I mean, but a lot of their movies are very good, so we can only base it off if they've done twenty three movies or whatever, and twenty of them are pretty decent. You can't really say, okay, well, look, what, we may just wait the, and see. What are the three you're leaving out there, Connor? Uh, right, I have got tour of the dark world. Right. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna say Hulk. No, you're not. You're not going to say it. Because it's not true. <laughs> Hulk and Iron Man 2, they're not very good. Alright, but you left Iron Man 3 in. I think Iron Man 3 is better than 2. Interesting. Do you not really? think so? No, I think it's worse. No, I think Iron Man 2 is worse. Wow. You, yeah. You are shocking that, me today. That, <laughs> I mean, if this is the hill we're going to die on once again... No, why, um, why don't you go comment on some more YouTube videos, Connor? Uh, <laughs> no, that's not me! <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to make that account now and just comment on one of our podcasts. <laughs> just what a weird way to fuck with us. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is involving Warner Brothers... Uh, Sean, we've got news that they are remaining committed to putting Wonder Woman 1984 in theatres this Christmas. So, I'm... I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
I don't know if you've noticed, Sean, but there's there's a thing going on at the minute that is really impacting. What? Sorry, Connor, cinema. I have to go to a concert. Sorry, I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> listen, this bar is really, really busy right now that I'm in. <laughs> I'm just having a couple from the cinema. I'm going to a concert later on. I'm in a bar at the minute, just getting a few. Yeah. You know yourself. Yeah, excuse, sorry, excuse me, but excuse me. High five. Yeah. High five. Yeah. yeah. Go, I, go I, you. <laughs> karaoke? We do karaoke there. Yeah, we are. We got a concert. Yeah, so there's a whole thing going on at the minute that, you know, people are kind of aware of. And it's kind of impacting cinema because everyone's favourite movie, James Bond, No Time to Die, has had lots of time to die because it has never come out. And This is true. During all of this, uh, we had Tenet come out two months ago and made only 200, less than $200 million, I think, worldwide. Yeah, and this was hailed as the saviour of cinema. <laughs> yeah, and so DC had Wonder Woman originally scheduled for, uh, I believe it was August of this year. And so if it was August, then it got pushed back to Christmas because of, you know, everyone singing karaoke in a bar. And now they have come out and said, as part of, um, they did a Q&A, and the Warner Brothers CEO, Anne Saranoff, has said that they are still committed to releasing Wonder Woman 1984 in December of this year. Sean, why is this a bad idea? I think it might be their only option left because they're shutting down the streaming service. Oh, yeah. I which hadn't is, thought of that. Which is only in America anyway. Yeah. So they have, like, they have no route to release that without selling it on to someone, which we've seen from No Time to Die last week. Uh, the amounts that they're looking for for some films to go directly onto a streaming service are pretty much what they would have made at the box office. Yeah, so No Time to Die wanted $500 million to go to Netflix. Half which a billion. is ludicrous, first of all. Like, ludic- it's ludicrous to Netflix with, like, yeah, we'll give you half a billion for a movie that, like, People are kind of lukewarm on. <laughs> okay. But Wonder Woman, I can see as bringing in. But if No Time to Die is worth 500 million, Wonder Woman is worth at least 1.5 billion, maybe, by that market. It, yeah, if we're going by that logic. Like, I just... The thing is, between the two of them, I think Wonder Woman would do better on a streaming service. Mm. Um, especially in a year where we've had, you know, no superhero movies. I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of fans there who will jump at the chance just to watch something new. But I don't think it's going to benefit them unless they just put it into theatres with, you know, barely any marketing, no press tour. Maybe they'll save their money there and just about break even. But But I don't think you would. Like, unless you tell people it's out. And, like, and that would have to be it. But I, what I'm worried about is that that'll perform poorly and we'll never get a third Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, they'll somehow be blamed. Because I think Wonder Woman is their movie that they were banking on. Of all of their sequels. To, like, Aquaman is... Aquaman's an okay sequel. And The Suicide Squad, I think, was going to make a lot of money. But Wonder Woman is just a Wonder Woman 2 like this is the second one of this uh, individual movie that we did. Number one was pretty good. We're going to do number two. And it has that built-in fan base. But 
yeah, as you said, there's no streaming service, so they kind of have to go through with it. I yeah, I don't think I don't see another option for them. Um, and and it's a shame because after Fandom, everyone was so excited for Wonder Woman. Yeah, and for, I remember- for a lot of the DC properties. Yeah, I did, a lot of trailers came out with that, and I think they did very well. Um, she actually, I, I must go back and say that um, Tenet did actually after they added up all the international sales using putting in China and all of Asia and everything, it made close to three hundred and fifty million dollars uh, in box office. Right, and it made, but it made only fifty fifty million dollars in America. Wow. So it only made fifty million dollars in the whole of America in its whole run. That's that is rough. Yeah, and and, and you so, can't you, you can't re-release that really, can't you now? No, and she of course came out and said, "Oh, he, Christopher Nolan has a cr- huge following," and so they had this amazing movie. So they did get close. She, her own words, they said, "We're getting close to three hundred and fifty million dollars in box office, which is really good in a pandemic." And over $50 million in the US. But I think she's kind of answered her own question there. It's really good in a pandemic if $350 million. But I'm pretty sure Tenet cost 250 to make or something. Like something ludicrous. So you're not actually making that much profit when you throw in marketing and everything like that. Yeah, now maybe this is, you know, in a world where films are making less, films will be made for less we might see, you know, some new stuff come out of it. If we're looking for positives, people will have to be more creative with their money. Um, which, you know, could lead to improvements in certain aspects of filmmaking. But as for movies yeah. that are already made with, the you know, the previous box office earnings in mind, you have to think of a, a better way to release them in a pandemic than let's just put it out in the cinema like we always did. Yeah, no, I I think you need a new tactic. And why the Disney streaming service works so well is because they can just throw shit onto that. And they might not make all the money, but they already have your subscription anyway. Whereas in regards of, like, DC, they've taken that option away. So they're going to have to probably make a deal with Amazon of some kind that they can get this, or Netflix, to get this off the ground. Because Wonder Woman is a movie that deserves to be seen. So I'm 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 sad that they're still going through with it. I'd much prefer if they just pushed it back. Yeah, I think a pushback would be better than a a release where no one can see it anyway. Yeah, because because I I I would be very excited to see that movie, but I wouldn't go to the cinema to see it right now. No, I I like I won't go to the cinema to see anything right now. No, um, if there was a Nightwing movie out, I still wouldn't go to the cinema. So that's what the, if it that's was where written by the guy who wrote Titans. I'd be there in a heartbeat. But other than that, <laughs> I would, but that's my only option, Sean. That's the only I get out clause I'm giving you. And he's too busy with Power Rangers. <laughs> so he's like half writing it. Yeah, yeah, Dick's hard. Okay, all right. Go to the next seat. <laughs> More blue. <laughs> More blue. Dick's pretty sad. Fuck Batman. Say it again. <laughs> Say it louder. <laughs> so we're finishing off Movie Mondays this week, Sean, with the big news. And that is that Moon Knight has found its Moon Knight. Um, Moon Knight has cast Oscar Isaac. To star in the Marvel and Disney Plus series. 
Sean, why this is big news is well, a few weeks ago we covered the fact that maybe a certain other actor, maybe a certain Matrix actor would be Keanu appearing. Reeves. Ke- Ke- Keanu Reeves, as he's known. Um, and he has, they've actually gone a bit younger. Originally they were going for, I think, a man in his 50s to play Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac looks about, I don't know, 35. I'm sure he's like, I don't know, 40 maybe. But Oscar Isaac has been cast as Moon Knight for the series. How do you feel about this? This is a very good choice, I think. He's... And also, Oscar Isaac uh, is again playing a man uh, who gains powers from ancient Egyptian gods. That's the only only, uh, surroundings he'll work in. That's all he'll do. (laughs) That's why that's why Star Wars had to be filmed on so many sand planets. You know? They were gonna cast him as Batman. <laughs> he said, Does he get power from Egyptians? Count me out. <laughs> Hire Pattinson, I'm out. I'll be Marvel's Batman instead. <laughs> so Sean, a lot of people I know you've explained several times, but you know what's coming here. Who is Moon Knight? Who are and the why should we Who is Moon Knight and why should we be excited that they are casting Oscar Isaac to play him? So, Moon Knight is a former mercenary um, who turned good, but he was shot by a bad guy. So he crawled to an ancient Egyptian temple uh, where the Egyptian moon god, whose name is Khonshu, uh, saved him and gave him superpowers. Um, Mm. Also, uh, Mark Spector is the dude, and he is like Bruce Wayne. He is a billionaire playboy. By day, but then by night, he wears one of the coolest comic book costumes there is, and he dresses up like Moon Knight. Um, but also, sometimes he's a cabbie as well. <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing is that he has multiple—he has not multiple personality, disassociative identity disorder. Um, so he has several alter egos. Like some of them, as you say, are cabbies, so he can be on the ground and getting information and things like that. But he finds it hard to distinguish who's who sometimes. And it, every time he's working, um, he's not quite sure who he is sometimes, unless he's Moon Knight. Like, the only time it really makes sense is when he's Moon Knight. Yeah. And he's a very interesting character. He's also a very funny character. If you want to laugh, just look up some comic panels involving Moon Knight. He's fucking ludicrous. Um, do you know that quote off by heart when he goes to visit Dracula? Yeah, uh, he's like, uh, I know, I know you're here, Dracula, you big nerd. Where's my? Uh, sorry, <laughs> I know you're here, Dracula, you big fucking nerd. Where's my goddamn money? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best comic panels ever written. <laughs> it's just, that, just... and I don't want to cure cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you see the one I recently put up on my Twitter? Um, Which one is this? The, it's the crossover of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman, and they go back to Crime Alley, and Batman's like, this is the alley where my parents died, and Donatello's beside him and goes, cow a bummer. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that? Why would you think that's good? That's great, come on. <laughs> <laughs> cow a bummer, dude. <laughs> Sorry about your parents. Well, look, at least he wasn't... Look, he can be cool but rude, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and so you also have, like, uh, you have She-Hulk, as we mentioned earlier on. You also have Miss Marvel. You've got WandaVision coming out. 
So, you have now Moon Knight, who I think you are probably going to be most excited about Moon Knight over all of those other, um, all those other productions. I think so, because it's, it's such a different side of Marvel Comics. Like, it's not, it's pure magic and weird shit, but also it's, it's all the best parts of Batman as well. Mm. And you want to know um, two more interesting things. Well, one more interesting thing is that is Jeremy Slater, who developed and wrote Netflix's series adaption of The Umbrella Academy, has been tapped to develop and lead the writing team on the series. Oh, I don't. Uh, don't give me hope, Connor. So I'm going to give. <laughs> me and you were always like, I'm never going to get excited about anything. See, <laughs> it's probably going to be shit. This might not make a, a huge amount of sense, but because uh, Jeremy Slater also worked on the Netflix adaptation of Death Note. Yes, and Death I told that I heard that wasn't very good. It, and oh, it was dog shit. It's so bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So bad. Right. Okay. But so he's hit and miss. He's he's tightened right in this. Exactly. Uh, he also wrote uh, Fantastic. But we'll let we'll let oh, that no. to the side as well. Oh um, no! Oh no! Okay, don't get oh. excited, Chuck. Umbrella Academy, pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. <laughs> I'd like to see Robert Pattinson or not Robert Pattinson. Uh, I'd like to see Robert Sheehan play Dracula, <laughs> and when Moon Knight shows up to beat his ass, he would in a heartbeat, and you know it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you all, um, I think Oscar Isaac in the role of like millionaire playboy. Um, uh, Stephen Grant or like whoever he is I think he's perfect for that role and I also think Oscar Isaac I would I'm so interested to see him play like other roles like crazy roles I think he'd be really good yeah and as an actor um, like to he gets to play like he's gonna play three or four characters in this and you have to like, swap between them at the same time yeah, I fully expect there's going to be a scene where all four of them have a conversation and it's going to be mental. And I think he's... If he, if this is pulled off right, like, he could win an award for it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And he's... It, he's I think he could be, a, like, a new fan favourite. Like, you know the way Iron Man was a nobody before the the movies came out? And now every kid wants to be Iron Man for Halloween and all this... I think the same thing is going to happen with Moon Knight. That here's this obscure comic character, and he's just going to be loved because it's going to be the Mandalorian effect if they do it right. That yeah. it'll just be the f- show everyone's talking about. And I just the minute I was sold was I read that headline, and then I just thought of Oscar Isaac playing like a millionaire in a suit at like a party. And I was like, yeah, fucking hell, he'd be perfect as Bruce Wayne. So that means he'd be perfect as Moon Knight. Yeah, and imagine him as like an early days mercenary. Yeah, no, I I think that'd that be really too. good. It's gonna be yeah, so I, good. I, I'm very excited about this. So yeah, that is actually the end of Movie Mondays this week, Sean. You know what? Of all the like surprises you could have pulled on me, mm. I think I did. I I got out lightly this week. I you got out lightly this week, but you know what that means? Doubling well, up next week. I know. Ah, Connor, come on now. <laughs> Maybe tripling up. See how I feel on the day. Billing. We only do like eight stories. <laughs> Somehow I'll triple it. I'm not very good at maths, Sean. You know that. Yeah, um, that's true. 
<laughs> so anyway, there's four hosts here, so one of us has to take it out. Um, so Sean, do you want to take us out, please? Uh, no, I'll give it to Joe over there. <laughs> Hello, I'm Joe. <laughs> Joe sounds weird. <laughs> Me and Joe are twins, we never discuss it. Uh, <laughs> we both have an identical twin sitting beside us. And sometimes we take a rest in between stories and they take off. We just tag in. <laughs> take it. And you see, and true fans would know. It's subtle, but it's there. Yeah, yeah let us know the differences. Uh, yeah, as soon yeah, as you discover yeah. when, that. When we're, when we're not funny, that's me, Connor. <laughs> when we are funny, that's Billy Bob. <laughs> oh, the funny man. He doesn't mean it, Billy Bob. It's okay. <laughs> uh, okay, this bit is getting out of hand. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, uh, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Uh, big thank you goes out to all of our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast or a link in the description to that if you want to. So big thanks goes out to Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic and Josiah Green. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. Uh, r- recently, um, we... Basically, to, to host the podcast, it does cost a certain amount of money every year. And thanks to our patrons, we were actually able to cover that for the year, which is amazing. And it's a, it's just a nice, I don't know, it's a nice to know that there's that support there. And we really do appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Because, so like, you, you have to host, pay to host the show or whatever, or support the show. And, like, we were doing that over our own pocket for the last two years, and then this year we realised, oh my god, we've raised enough money on the Patreon, people are kind enough to support us, that we can pay to host for another year without paying for it. And it was just, like, mental, it was like, we only set it up this year. That's fucking, that's crazy. That's class, like, that's unreal. (laughs) And so, yeah, we were just, we were kind of geeking out about that, really, just quietly, amongst ourselves. Yeah, so it felt weird not to say it to everyone. So just thank you so, so much. And we hope you continue to enjoy the show. Yeah. Um, um, is that it? We're, uh, look, we're also on all the social medias. They're all linked yeah. in the description. Or you can email us here at underscore at outlook.com. But the best way you can ever support the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just a one, please. And when I do that, I throw up one finger as well. Every do single time. I actually throw up one finger. I don't know why. <laughs> well... Look, if it's working for you, I wouldn't change it. No, don't. So, I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Meehan. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Drop your fingers. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.